Leading Britain's Conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Certainly is. It's Sunday morning. It's nice to have your company, to have your company. Very nice indeed. We'll take you all the way through till seven when Andrew Castle will be here with uh, breakfast. Don't forget this evening, nine o'clock, second chance to hear the Eddie Mayer in conversation because he starts on LBC tomorrow. And uh, and I was got some lovely, lovely comments after the uh, the programme, which is excellent. Joy for the Beckhams as their son turns 16. She still refers to him as our baby. Small wonder they're all a bit clingy at home, aren't they? Uh, the summer of squalor, the discarded tents at that music festival in Leeds. You don't say anything like it. Acres and acres and acres and acres of tents. It's absolutely dreadful. Uh, feuding breaks out over Aretha Franklin's 60 million. Peter Andre cancels another gig. I think this is the second time he's cancelled at this place in about four in all. And then, of course, there was Australia. Well, we knew that one was never going to take place, didn't we? And uh, what else happened? Oh, yes, Roxanne Pallet left Big Brother. But don't worry. She's already recorded another show. She's going to be with Bear Grylls. I mean, <laughs> the only thing you can say about Roxanne Pallet leaving Big Brother is that I thought it was engineered. That was just me watching it, thinking as a, as a member of the public, it was engineered. I mean, you know, she, she's obviously able to turn on tears, which is very good. Mind you, he turned on tears as well. We had tears from everybody, except me. I was sitting there watching it, thinking, well, this is a new twist to it, isn't it? She's obviously not very pleasant. And as Big Brother explained to one of the other deadbeat contestants, if we thought this was serious, because she's accused uh, Ryan Thomas of punching her, so it hurt. It hurt. Of course, everybody hates her in the house. Well, they did do. I mean, they, they couldn't wait for her to go. Except Jermaine Pennant, who crawled over like an oil slick and then sort of decided with everybody else, because he obviously goes to the winning side, that she wasn't very good at all. And they all thought she was acting. They had 11,000 complaints. I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't what you thought it was. And in fact, the reason I can explain that to you is that Big Brother said to somebody who sat in the diary room, let me put it into context. We viewed the footage. We watched it. If we thought that he had deliberately gone out of his way to hit her, he would be off the show immediately. But he isn't. He's still there. She's the one who left, because she obviously suddenly realised that she'd been rumbled, and it was as simple as that, and it's a way of trying to uh, to get some publicity. So the next thing she's appearing on, it's already been filmed, it's Bear Grylls Island. I mean, and there was the other thing. Do you remember I told you, because it was in all the papers, oh, don't worry, Roxanne Pallet is going to get 750,000 quid. And I went, are you serious? What for that old has-been? No chance. Kicked off the uh, the soap she was on, working on a radio station as a co-presenter. And obviously she couldn't give a toss about that one because she's ditched it to start doing reality shows. Why would you want to slog your guts out in radio? on little-known whatever station it is she's on. And so she's got another programme as well. And yet, quite clearly, she's not pleasant. They even found a woman the other day who claimed she'd been bullied by her at school. It was almost getting as bad as the debacle over Colleen Nolan. Colleen Nolan, who they describe as a millionaire in one of the papers today. I'm assuming they must be looking at the Mickey Mouse bank account. Can't be anything serious. But she's going to make an announcement on Monday on Loose Women. Will it be that she's quitting? Will it be that she's going to say, I'm really sorry, I'm sorry it turned out the way it did, but it won't be with, with Kim Woodburn there. It'll all be without. Perhaps without the producer, be a bit of luck, but there you go, we can't have everything. Carrie Katona fears bankruptcy. Why? Because one of her little offspring, poor souls anyway, has to go to school. They're axing the school bus and she'll have to pay for a taxi. 
Oh, diddums. What a shame. Well, you might as well just sort of, you know, get the car out, love, and, and actually drive it to school. Why not? Or failing that, pay for a taxi. Unless you really are that hard up. And the answer is, she really is that hard up. She doesn't do anything. She doesn't actually have a job as such. Uh, the British engineer nicked after a pot bust at a Spanish Airbnb. Something like £5 million worth of uh, stuff. Uh, the Beckhams all over the front of the sun on Sunday, which is fantastic. We love the Beckhams. We love their, their posed pictures. And the fact that uh, Victoria has had to tell the kids that their marriage is solid. So that's nice, isn't it, really? They have to tell the children. Obviously, the children have heard, uh, heard the rumours that uh, Daddy's been playing away, which is why she all of a sudden sort of has to make these things. It's so funny, when you look at Dave, you think, how long does he spend shaving his body? Because we know that he's, uh, we know that he's, uh, in fact, there's something looking odd, but that's strange. Uh, yeah, we, we know that he shaves his body because she told us about it ages and ages ago. They don't seem to have any friends, this family. I feel a bit disappointed. They've sort of thrown a few people into the mix. And, you know, the Ram- but they don't see the Ramses all the time. They only go there for a freebie food, don't they? Because she can't cook for toffee. I mean, you know, the very idea that Victoria Beckham can actually whip anything up in the kitchen is almost laughable. I think the only thing they can do is reheat pizza. Or something like that, you know, cook it in the box. It's a lot easier. But then uh, Victoria was sort of out. They're just posed pictures. They're in the middle of the ocean and a photographer's out there. Well, where do you think he is? He's on another boat with them taking pictures. So, you know, every day goes by. It's all going to go pear-shaped, isn't it? All going to go pear-shaped. You just know that somewhere in the distance something's going to happen. Brooklyn will fall off the end of a, of a Mars bar or something. I don't know. I don't think it's something stupid. Uh, also, Declan. Yes, Declan Donnelly. is head over heels because he's a... Father, got Babby, got Babby, and uh, which was lovely. Uncle Ant says, uh, can't wait for cuddles, I love you already. They do write garbage, don't they, these people? Philip Schofield says, congrats and welcome, Isla, can't wait to meet you. Uh, David Walliams says, that is your little hand in Alice. And uh, Amanda Holden, so thrilled, a girl, and what a beautiful name. That's sweet, isn't it, really? I like that idea. Because they're all, they're all mates, so it uh, doesn't really make any difference. Millionaire Colleen Rooney apparently, revealed she still loves a bargain and even takes the kids crabbing and caravanning. Of course you do, dear. You're chav. You're chav, of course, that's what you do. Of course you go... I mean, are we meant to go, oh, right, oh, how how grounded she is. That's what she comes from. She met him standing outside the chip shop, for goodness sake, with a bag of threepence in her hand. Threepence worth of chips. And um, she likes to play on the beach and also she spent uh, her, her formative holidays in caravans. Yeah, why would this be a surprise to anybody? So she still does it now. Of course she does. Of course she, you don't sort of change anything. You don't start saying, oh, because I've now got a bit of money, I think we might go. So, because they don't know how to behave in posh places. Can't take him anywhere, can you? Because there might be elderly women there, and you know what he's like around elderly women. Roxanne led Ben on, betrayed. This is Roxanne Pallet. She's not emerged with any grace whatsoever. She's been branded fake. Uh, this thing with, uh, with Ryan goes back ages ago. So she's left the house. Nobody wanted to talk to her at all. Nobody was remotely interested. And, um, you know, apart from that uh, creepy Ben, who uh, I think he was also kicked out of the house. Best place for him. Nobody would ever heard of him. I hope he goes back to the uh, to the obscure place that he came from. But Roxanne Pallet emerges with no grace whatsoever. She also, I think because she walked out, I think she forfeits her fee, which is £75,000, not the 750000 that the papers were talking about. And then there's a preacher, Bishop Charles... H. Ellis III. What sort of bishop are you, dear? I mean, I've never seen... At one point, uh, when he's with Ariana Grande, you can see he's touching her breast. Pervert. And then he apologised afterwards. 
And he, he, he said he's begged for forgiveness. That was after he actually compared her name to a fast food chain, Taco Bell. He's obviously on something, isn't he? He's obviously the most peculiar person we've ever had. He said, it would never be my intention to touch any woman's breast. Well, you did, mate. You did. And we can see it quite clearly. Like Colleen Nolan going, I'm not a bully. Ask any of my friends. <laughs> yeah, right, OK. <laughs> I think we'll leave that for another time. Britain's poshest Oxfam shop where royals donate clothes has been burgled. No, they don't donate clothes. They don't donate anything. They hang on to things, the royals, and they recycle. They don't start giving... So where do you get this idea from? That they st- It took two people to write this. My God, honestly, got, got a five-year-old to do it. You know, and they actually go, oh, a lot of people donate clothes there. And they say, it's in the richest borough with royalty and celebs. It's not the richest borough at all. What is the matter with these people? Is this just... Do you think Kensington Chelsea is the richest borough? Have you been to Hackney? Have you been... I mean, goodness sake, honestly. Hackney, there's people driving around in Bentleys, rollers. Oh, dear me. Where does that money come from? I mean, you know, I mean, there's obviously sort of, you know people out there. Apparently the burger walked into Jacob's Bistro and picked up a spare key after telling staff he was a volunteer. They, 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 they kind of make out that Robbie Williams donates his clothes to this place. Oh, load of old codswallop, it really is. Anyway, uh, the price is no longer righty, even though he was the best one. And I wish I'd married him years ago. Yeah, you knew it wouldn't last. You knew that she lies, and she lies, and she lies. Yes, poor old Chris Boyson has been kicked out. So expect about a week, and he'll be selling his story, what she's really like, how little money she's got, blah, blah, blah. You'll you'll hear it over and over again. Uh, She's going out with some bloke who apparently is very rich. Of course she is. She'll be hoping he coughs up for her. And I suppose he is at the moment. So that that didn't last very long at all. And she's not even divorced from Kieran Haley yet. Putting it about a bit, aren't we, uh, Jordan? Just a little bit, dear. But there again, always in keeping for you. But uh, they say here, Katie facing bankruptcy. We suggest she now focuses on her five children. Well, she couldn't give a toss about the children. Two, two are with Kieran, which are his, his two with her. And then the other two are with Peter Andre. I mean, what is she doing at the moment? I bet you anything, though, before long, we see, we see Declan Donnelly pushing a pram down Chiswick High Road with his, uh, with his new baby in it, I bet you. Unlike, of course, uh, Cheryl Cole. We haven't seen that baby in a pram ever. I'm assuming she's coughed up for one. I mean, I don't know. Might be. Might be not. Might be. Uh, also, um, oh, Danny Dyer. Danny with an I. Apparently, they say Bake Off bosses wanted for the next celebrity series. Wow. What what can she cook? I don't know. Crisps? Something like that? She don't think she's got any. But apparently, they're saying uh, she's on Channel 4's hit list, which includes, at the moment, Scarlet Moffy, which is lovely, isn't it? Molly King, again, for the umpteenth time. You need to get a proper job, love. It's almost sounding a bit embarrassing. And Nick Grimshaw. Who's he? Oh, is that? Oh, that's the one who killed off the Radio 1 Breakfast Show. I knew there was something I'd have remembered him for. Killed it, and now he's going to single-handedly kill the afternoons, I should imagine. Poor soul. So he's got loads of time to do... And you're suddenly realise how boring he is. The dullest person I've ever, ever seen on the television. Just really boring. You might have friends in high places, but dull and boring would be... It. That's why the audience tailed off. They, uh, the audience couldn't really care less anymore. Uh, what else we got? What else we got? Oh, yes, the time that people... Do you ever time this? You know, sometimes you go on, you're held in a queue. We value your call. Please hang on for another five minutes. So you're sort of sitting there waiting at the end of a, of a telephone. And uh, if you call HSBC, about the average time they will answer is 46 seconds. So I think that's quite good. No, you can't have a lone click. You know, that's as good as it gets. Admiral... 59 seconds. Good, good, good. Barclay card, 1 minute 27. 
HMRC, four minutes, 45 seconds. That's a bit low. Just to hold a telephone up to your ear is, is quite a lot, isn't it? However, E.ON, which is different from E.O.R., so E.ON, uh, eight minutes, 51 seconds. It's not good, is it? N-Power, 10 minutes, 10 seconds. These are the average lengths of time. Talk, talk, 10 minutes, 30. These are all evening calls. Virgin Media, wait for this one, 20 minutes, 30 seconds. I'd have changed my supplier immediately. And British Gas, average, 38 minutes. I'd have told them where to stick it. And I tell you, it wouldn't be where the sun doesn't shine. It'll be a few other choice places. 38 minutes. Why would you ever want to hang on and be with British Gas? Oh, blimey. Dreadful. Uh, gangs fly in. It's Chile con carnage. They're thieves. They fly in from Chile. They, they rob. They go around houses. No, no, no skin off their nose. Then they've got a car that takes them back to the airport. They get on the flight and they go home again. It's very simply done. Seriously. I'm thinking of becoming a burglar myself. It's obviously very lucrative and you get to go on. I think of the air miles you can rack up. I mean, how cool is that? Lovely. There's a lovely gorilla picture. I like a gorilla picture. And uh, this is a 25 stone gorilla, but looking at a tiny wild bush baby, proving size is no barrier. I said that to you last week, didn't I? I said size is no barrier. This little thing is tiny on his hand. Little tiny thing. And the gorilla is like, woo, major size, major size. Horror tales of school cuts. What are they asking for now? Could you take your own toilet paper to school? I mean, how do you know if you want to go? You know, it's not one of those sort of things you think, oh, I think I'll go to the toilet. You know, and then you think, oh, I don't want to go. So you've taken the toilet paper all the way in and then all the way back home again. Oh, man, it's not as if you can recycle, is it, for goodness sake? Uh, quick time check. 17 minutes past five. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 19 minutes past five, Sunday morning on LBC with Steve Allen with you until seven. I see that uh, you've got two Gemma Collins stories, one where she's getting all, emo- all emotion, uh, which is over her relationship with Arge. You remember the little problems that Arge has, mainly living, I think. And uh, and then she got all emotion, and then he got all emotion, all the rest of it. It's a bit sad and tragic when you see people that old who really are so bad. You know, they've got nothing to offer the world at all. Absolutely nothing. Except the fact that uh, there's a little piece on the celebrities who endorse various diet things. And laughingly, one of them is endorsed by Gemma Collins. Quite clearly, it's not working, dear. Quite clearly, it's not working at all. Uh, so, what else we got? Oh, the discarded tents. I don't anything like it. I mean, seriously, like acres and acres and acres. Uh, the Great Train Station robbery is not as exciting as you think, unless you need money. And why you'd need money standing on a railway station, I've got no idea, but you might want to go and buy something. But everybody pays on a card. Who actually wants physical cash? Don't put your hands up, please. It's not one of those sort of programmes. But, I mean, who, you know, why would you want cash? You can use your card. I personally use cash. But I wouldn't dream of going to something on a railway station. Some of them charge pound fifty for taking money out. Why would you bother? There's loads of places where you can get it for free on a railway station. You'd have to be mad. Perhaps it's for tourists. Perhaps tourists don't know. Or perhaps it's one of those cash, you know, cash a check here or get some cash out or something. I, said, I can't think of any, any other reason why you'd be taking money out of a cash point on a station. It's ridiculous. Um, so, fighting's breaking out over a wreath of 60 million. Poor soul finally been better. Seven-hour funeral service. I mean, good God, you could have brought her back to life in that time. Seven hours. I've never heard of service that goes on so long. I, don't, I mean, I, I, I did Dales. That was an hour and a half. That was quite long enough, thank you. But that time, your bum goes numb. And the idea of, uh, of Aretha Franklin's... Three times she was changed. Three times they actually put her in 
different outfits in the coffin. So they obviously wheeled her off, hoisted her out, undressed her, put the new outfit on, put her back in the in the coffin, then wheeled her back out again. Three times. She finished up in a gold lame thing, but she started with red. She, do you think she requested? I don't know, because I'm actually going to request fresh pants every 15 minutes. <laughs> In full view of everybody. You know, you don't need to wheel me off into the side wings. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Jude Law's son uh, questioned over balloons. Hippie crack. There's a picture of him sort of blowing... I mean, to be honest, he could just be blowing a balloon up. But uh, when the police become interested, you get the kind of feeling that maybe it was a bit more than that. But anyway. uh, So, Kerry Katona fears bankruptcy. Good. Which is great. What is the matter with these people? The answer is they're stupid. Very, very stupid. They don't have any common sense whatsoever. She's never once attempted to try and get a job. Never. You know, she just sits there thinking, oh, perhaps I'll better sell a story about me with a new boyfriend or me. Like like Daniela Westbrook. Those sort of people that really can't be bothered to work. That's for peasants like you. They're not interested in things like that. All they've got to do is have a couple of pictures taken. That's a couple of grand. And that'll see them through through the next kind of month. But uh, but to be brutally honest with you, it's not really a career. It's only for sort of young people who have come come in off an island, and then a few of them, you know, they go, oh, what what, what do you do? Oh, well, I'm going out with so and so. Well, you're not really, are you? No, not really. But we have to say that because it makes it better. Uh, Karen and Kevin Clifton already in a war before Strictly. I think this is a bit fake now. I'm a bit bored with them. And uh, Charles Bronson fans. This is Charles, not his real name. This is the one who's in Nick, and he's been there for since ever and a day. And uh, they're going to do a. Um, He's, he has fans. Hilarious, isn't it? I know. I, th- I could only imagine what they are. Uh, what, you know, when they say Charles Bronson has got fans. And you can win, like a Willy Wonka, a golden ticket to actually go to prison and meet him. What for? He's banged up. He's an idiot. You know, why, why would you want to do something like that? Unless you really didn't have any, any life at all. Uh, also, it doesn't look good for Jezza. Dozen MPs in a no-confidence threat, which is not so good. And the UK's oldest DJ... We have found it's uh, it's a 91 year old lady. She's 91 and she's not really a DJ. She just introduces a few records, which, of course, is obviously what disc jockeys do. But uh, I don't think it's history with her. I don't think it's sort of it's in the blood. She just goes and go. And here's Madonna. And then somebody puts Madonna on for and that that kind of thing, which is OK. I don't don't have too much problem with that. Uh, The French are victimising me, which, of course, they are, says the scallop wall skipper, uh, because he was rammed. Well, there you go, in the middle of the sea, you can expect anything. And uh, and so he, he got rammed, and now the, the French are suing, which is ridiculous because it's the French laws that he's adhering to. They must be really thick French fishermen, mustn't they? They were all surrounding him. What's he supposed to do? Just sit there and you know while they throw rocks at him and fire shells and stuff like that. My God, nasty little thugs. French Navy, bunch of wussy little girls. You see them all sitting there. It didn't interfere in the slightest. Go on, kill the British, kill the British. We should have rounded on them with an armada, I think. But uh, the boys went back the next day. But um, he's being sued for 9,000 quid because he rammed some little French bloke's vessel. But, of course, the French weren't supposed to be there anyway. So he should countersue. Don't worry about them, mate. Don't worry about them. Because it's just, uh, it's just you know, they're, they're, just, they're just not very nice people. And that's putting it mildly. Just not very nice. They're not supposed to be there. They're not allowed to start fishing till October. As far as I remember, the last time I looked, it was September. Don't need to worry, do you, really? Also, Mel B's fury at the court attack. She's been told all sorts of things about herself. She doesn't like... She re- reacts very badly when she gets... She, she's got no saving graces whatsoever. No saving graces whatsoever. Also, the second payday loan giant is in trouble. This is after Wonga 
went down. My, I'm not at all surprised with those horrendous interest rates. I mean, just really, you'd have to be really desperate. Why is it that the poor people who need the money have to pay the most in, in charges? It's just not right. It's really not right. Anyway, a lot of people are interested in, um, in, uh, in uh, Roxanne Pallet. And it's interesting because not many people saw this thing. So you have to watch it back on catch up. And you can see this is where she's accused him of, uh, of hitting her very hard. And it hurt. And then she cried. And, then she, and I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute. So I watched it back and then I watched it again. And I thought this was just playing. It's like if I hit, hit the producer. You know, and just sort of went in and gave him a little sort of you know, on the shoulder or something like that. You go, ow, ow, it hurts. You know he'd be acting. Because it wouldn't hurt. You know, because I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not the strongest person going. And also, Ryan and her go back a long, long time. A long, long time. And as I say, I think she's done it for publicity purposes. She's desperate. She doesn't want to do the, the time in there. Why should she want to do that? You can come up with something like that. And then you can get out straight away. But, of course, she'll, she'll forfeit her fee, £75,000. So she must have loads of money. No, she hasn't. Uh, but she's on the Bear Grylls thing. I wonder what she'll be doing on that one. Will we have more tears? Will it turn out that she's got a few, uh, a few sort of pennies missing from the, uh, from the full pound? I don't know. So next week you get her on Bear Grylls Island. I'm bored with her already. As I say, if I was running the radio station where she's employed, I'd have had her out immediately. Why would you want somebody like that back? She's obviously not interested in you. Terrible. Um, so joy for the Beckhams. I feel sorry for the Beckham children. They've got nobody to play with. You don't see a picture of, you know, apart from dad and mum, and mum's not there most of the time, and dad just wants to go on his motorbike, and we never see pictures of them on the back of his motorbike, so obviously he's not allowed to take them out, and uh, just in case they have an accident. And, uh, and they all go on holiday together. You know, I mean, poor little Brooklyn, he's obviously got no friends at all. Even, even Madonna's son, Rocco, is in America. You know, and poor little Brooklyn's hanging around with Uncle Elton and Uncle David. Do you see that picture the other day? I had to laugh, honestly. So, uh, what would you rather be doing? Having a cup of tea with Mummy uh, or being with Uncle Elton and Uncle David? Because apparently they are their, their godchildren. So you've got a picture of, of David Beckham with his shirt off. Must be like sort of, you know, rubbing... I should, if you touch his chest, must be like rubbing a Brillo pad. But... Um, uh, what's that? Oh, yes, and, so, and then you've got Brooklyn, the other side, wearing just a towel round his waist. I bet Elton and Dave couldn't believe their luck. <laughs> OK, we'll just get... Should we have a picture taken for... Oh, I got the shirts off. Ooh, can't believe it. Do you think they went back screaming, back, back, back to the cabana? Ooh, like that. Ooh, we've seen David Beckham topless. So funny. So, so funny. But, uh, I mean, at least let, let the children find people their own age to play with this year, for goodness sake. Must be so boring going out with your parents all the time. We couldn't wait to get away from our parents. That was the whole idea, wasn't it? You go on holiday and you think, I'm just, just going for a walk up the beach. Anything preferable than sitting behind a windbreak, you know, with your bucket and spade. I was 22 at the time. It looked ridiculous. You know, and said, oh, should we go and collect seashells? No, let's not. Where, where are you going to go? I don't know. I'm just going to walk up the beach. I might meet some more interesting people. I don't want to stay with the family. Also. You get to that certain age where you're too old, aren't you? You're too old to be with your parents. And then and you go, I'm going on holiday with my friend Terry. And they go, go where are you going? And you go, I'm going to... We did. We went to Spain. We went to Spain on holiday. It was a, we were in a budget hotel, and we went for a weekend. And it, worked, it was under £10, including the flights. I know, you, you can't believe it. When you go back a long way, they were offering... And we went to a place called Calelia. I only remember it because it was the only holiday I ever really took, you know, away from my, my parents, where, you know, it, it all got a bit... I couldn't tell you. 
Even if I wrote a book, I couldn't tell you what went on in Kalelia with me and my friend Terry. I'll just say it involved garlic butter and I was up most of the night. OK, that's all. I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that one. You, you can make of your own thing. And then we all went on holiday to San Antonio, so that was quite nice. That's just the other side of uh, you've got Ibiza town, then you walk round the bay, and then you're in San Antonio. And we stayed in a hotel next to the Hawaii, which was lovely. It probably isn't even there anymore. Or the second thought, it probably is. And, uh, and that, that was quite nice. And then, Friday. Do you remember I had a treat last week? A friend of mine, Jordan, said... Um, because we were meeting on Friday, because he's been working down in London. He comes from Manchesterford. And, and he said, oh, I'm, it's a surprise. And I said, oh, right, oh, interesting. A surprise. And he said, do you want to know? I said, it wouldn't be a surprise then, would it? What sort of surprise could it possibly be? And I'll tell you what it is after the news, because it's 5.30. It's LBC News. With the headlines, it's Philip Chrysokos. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. All the signs are there, as they say. All the signs are there. 27 minutes to six. So, so last week, a friend of mine, Jordan's down in London, and he's been working, and he said, uh, right, we meet up, because we normally meet up Friday, and we have some lunch, and we go and have a drink in Coffee Garden, and people watch, which is great. And, uh, and then he sort of, he toddles back on the late train, because he manages to go back first class, but you've got to wait for a certain time, which always struck me as being, you know, it's once you bought first class. But anyway, he likes doing it, so that keeps him happy. So he said, I've got a surprise for you. I thought, oh, lovely, can't wait. To... And so he said, shall I tell you? I said, no, I don't want to know what it is. I like a surprise. So 11 o'clock, Friday, we meet. Uh, I'd already done the rounds of the building, chatting to loads. And everybody was in very good moods on Friday. I, I seriously can't begin, whether it was Friday and everybody's in a good mood because it's Friday anyway. I don't know. But everybody was very chatty and everybody was very nice and people had heard in advance on Friday my in-conversation with Eddie Mayer, which is repeated this evening at nine o'clock because tomorrow is his day. He starts tomorrow officially on LBC. So a load of people had heard it. There must have been about ten in the office had already heard it, been downloaded by various people and they'd listened back to it and everybody was really complimentary and it was all lovely. Did you hear it? Yeah. We had listened last night. Oh, you're babysitting. Oh, right. I was being babysat. How lovely. And uh, and so it's it's a case of it, it. It went very well, actually. It was very nice. And he made me cry in it. And I don't know why. I'm, I sort of get this. And it came about. Uh, and I'm, I won't spoil too much of it, but it was it was it was the Dale thing. And even after this amount of time, you know, you would think because I'm fine with it. I'm absolutely fine with it. I've, I get strange moments where I sort of think, oh, it's such a shame he's not here because I could phone him up and tell him about this or that, whatever it was. And um, and he, he asked me about it because he heard it. He said we were actually listening live. He said, and I thought it was a really amazing piece of radio. And I said, well, I was fine in the office. I was absolutely fine. I was talking to my producer, came in here within three minutes... I couldn't hold it together. I was, I, was, I was feeling a bit silly and I kept apologising and saying, I'm really sorry, I'm really sorry. And anyway, then it made me cry again when I was talking to Eddie Mayer because he said he thought it was the most powerful piece of radio he'd ever heard because I think if you listen to somebody and it's, it's genuine, then I think you can, you can sort of fall into the, uh, into the idea that it does affect people. And it still affected me. The other day I said to him afterwards, I said, I can't believe you made me cry again. It's ridiculous. But anyway, so uh, so 11 o'clock uh, Friday morning, make my way downstairs. My friend Jordan says I'm here. And so he's not got his little trolley with him on wheels. Normally he carries his, his suitcase around for the remainder of the day, which is very tedious. You know, I've got my bag, but, I, you know, I've got medicine and insulin and stuff like that. And um, so we said, I said, where are we going? Because already Mr. M 
who works for one of our other stations, had said, I know what it is. I said, are you sure? Are you just winding me up? He said, no, I know what it is. So anyway, we head down to, because there's one thing I love in London, and that's going on the Thames. I do love going on the Thames because it's, it's quite nice. And I thought, perhaps he's bought tickets to go on one of those clippers and we can go down to Greenwich, probably have a pizza or something and a cup of tea on the boat and then head back up here. He doesn't drink tea. In fact, he doesn't drink coffee or anything like that. He just drinks water or Coke and stuff like that. But anyway, so we go down and we go through Embankment Tube Station. Out the other side, what are we going on? We're going on a boat called the Harmony. Harmony. And, and I thought, well, that was nice. It was moored up. There were loads of people there. And it wasn't just we were going on the Thames. This was with lunch on the Thames. And I thought, oh, how nice. I quite like that idea, bobbing around. You know, we can have a, have, have, have a couple of bevies and things like that. And we get lunch. And it takes an hour and a half. You need to pre-book. I tell you you need to pre-book because this thing was packed. But not packed so you couldn't move or do anything else at all. And it was also, the nice thing is, it was sort of a lot of people our age. Well, more, more my age. <laughs> and that means that, you know, you didn't have kids running about all over the place. They wouldn't have enjoyed it. And they either did a vegetarian option or chicken. And it was lovely. It was really lovely. We also, we got uh, complimentary champagne at the beginning. We had a window seat. Now, I, I better tell you this now, because just in case you think everybody sits by the window, they don't. It's, it's sort of laid out like a ballroom. It was lovely. It was really lovely. Everybody was really nice. You know, the man came over, Miguel, and introduced himself to us. And uh, we, we had some bread and things like that. It was, it was really lovely. Food was great. You get the running commentary on, on the Thames, and we're right by the window. So when you go down and turn around, you're seeing the other side of the Thames. And I thought it was great. I thought it was really good fun. But as I've said to, I mentioned it to my friend John, and he said, oh, that sounds quite good. I said, well, I'll tell you how much it costs in a minute, because I, I always ask. I always ask. I'm a bit nosy. If somebody buys me something and it's something like that, I think, actually, because I liked it, how much would that be? Now, and how much do you think it was each? To go, so you're on the Thames, you're an hour and a half, and you've got a two-course lunch. You've got, um, you know, your main course, then you've got a pudding as well. How much would that be? £65, says the producer. 35 quid. Bargain. Absolute bargain. Absolutely bargain. A, a real bargain. The only thing you have to buy is you have to buy your drink. So, I mean, if you just want to drink water, you could just drink water. But to be honest with you, we actually put away two, two bottles of Prosecco, which was quite nice. And we had some bread and things like that and some olives. I mean, it was, it was really lovely. And I thought, you know, that I'd do that again. In a heartbeat. It was so good. It was so nice. And also, the, the sun was out. It was beating through the window. We chatted to um, a lovely couple of ladies sitting next to us. And it was, it was just nice. You know, if you were looking for something different to do in London, a boat trip with food kind of gets my vote. And it's a good thing. You and Matt could go off with something like that. He could cough up 70 quid, couldn't he, or something like that? Or you could have some, some drinks on the boat. Yeah, arrange it. Yeah, well, you... Oh, is it your turn to pay? Oh, God, is it regularly You're going every week? Wow, this is so exciting. Honestly, I feel I should go out, go out and buy a hat or something. <laughs> Will it be in a church, do you think, or a synagogue? Which one? What are we going for on this one, I think? <laughs> Love the idea. Love the idea. <laughs> Chief bridesmaid. This morning, he actually he told us his name, and then he told us he was a man. Did you hear that bit on the programme? I'm Matt Stadlin. I'm a man. And I, I was... I was, and I was and I said to Zora Suleiman, did he really say, I'm Matt Stadlin, I'm a man? I mean, ha has it been under question then? Have people been writing in going, are, are you sure he's a man? And you go, 
Well, I think so. That, but I couldn't think of any other reason why he would say that. But there you go. Uh, Steve, hope you're well. The Friday Spice was great. It was, actually. It really was. It really was. Uh, Love the in-conversation. Tears all round. I know my friend Peter Bowes over in uh, America. We go back a long, long way. And, uh, and he heard it. He actually, he was, he was even kinder than I thought anybody could ever be. Two, two sort of radio legends just talking about the business, which is lovely. So you get to hear Eddie tonight again, tonight. And, uh, and after that, he's going to be with you every weekday, four till six on LBC. Uh, uh, I liked the compliments, says Christine, Eddie Mayer gave you. Yes, he's, um, he's a fan of the show. Which I like. I quite like the idea of people being fans of the show, but he knows more about it than I do, actually. What qualifications, says Jackie, has Robbie Williams' wife got to judge the X Factor? Well, I think she's his agent, isn't she? I'm pretty certain. That's what I thought it was. But, I mean, she's intensely irritating. I didn't think anybody could be that irritating. Well, I did, actually. And uh, did you see the X Factor, says Rob? I didn't. I, I watched a couple of little bits just to sort of, you know, so I could sort of talk about it. But that, that was about as far as it went, I'm afraid. Uh, that Roxanne dishonoured women and men that are being hit. They should show the house the footage. Well, it, I mean, they did say to ghastly Dan Osborne, a creep of the First Order, that uh, the indicator is Big Brother have viewed the footage and he's still in the house. If they thought there was anything the matter with it, that's why she had to go. She had to go. Nobody liked her. They suddenly realised she was playing a game. I don't know if she was playing a game or not, because I can't tell on these things. But, I mean, to me, it, it just looked just looked wrong. She was she was she was being wrong on it. And I, and I began to wonder whether or not this was some game plan that her agent had said, listen, you need to get out. You don't want to stay there very long because you've got another thing that's starting next week. Best that you're around and doing it. Uh, and I'm thinking, I don't think you're very pleasant. That's all I thought. I didn't think anything else. I don't know enough about her. I just know that she's one of those people who sort of is, is an actress. And then that all fizzles out. So she goes, oh, I think I'll be a radio presenter. Well, she's got no loyalty to the station where she is at all. So she can afford to take that time off. And then she's got, you know, the, the rest of it off. It's just, it's appalling. And I didn't think she behaved in, in the right way. She, she looked as though she was, she, she was gunning for him. That's what I thought. But unfortunately, nobody bought into it. They were all saying to each other, she, she's playing. I tell you, he's very irritated. That's Sally Watts-a-face, the one who, hello, darling, he's here. Everybody she calls babe. I mean, she's more chav than you could ever imagine. All right, babes. Yeah, babes, I love you. I really love you. And she comes up with all the old chronically bad lines. Poor soul. Steve, you mentioned about waiting, says Vince, for uh, uh, energy companies. I waited an hour on 101 to give further details on the theft of a car. Oh, that must be it's easy to walk round, isn't it? John from Queens says, loving the show, are you good to work for? Not all the time. Not all the time, no. No, I'm, a, I'm not demanding. I'm not particularly demanding. I just make sure I don't work with people I don't want to work with. You know, because, you, because you're doing a radio programme. Anybody will tell you, if you're working in, in radio, what's the point of having people you don't like working with? What is the point? You, surely you get more out of somebody if you like them. You know, so people have to endear themselves. That's what makes successful producers. And that's what makes happy radio presenters. Happy radio presenter, happy show. Happy show, happy audience. Happy audience, big figures. That's how it works. Miserable producer, miserable presenter. Unhappy audience, no audience figures. That's what you have to think about. So that's why I don't like everybody. I've had people come in. I, you know, I, I can't abide laziness. That drives me mad. You know, I, I work a, a seven-day week. <laughs> Well, it's six and a bit, isn't it, really? But uh, So I, I expect people to work the same. And if I'm doing it at my age, I expect people much younger to be able to do it as well. 
Simple as that. Uh, da, da, da. Another one here. This is oh, one of our favourite presenters, Steve. Uh, Eamon has been quietly nurturing his singing talents. Oh, he sings. I didn't know he sings, but uh, he was he was narrating. The disturbing part was when he decided to break into song. Have you noticed he's aged? He's aged rapidly on that programme. He's now this sort of... I mean, sometimes you look at him, you think, has he died? I have to look closely to make sure he's still breathing. <laughs> oh, dear. And, uh, you know, well, that's the way it goes. Uh, Steve, what about Joe Swash? Will he ever clean his teeth? Says Dave. I don't know. I don't know. And, uh, Steve, uh, can we get you penciled in for that new longevity pill? I don't know. You know, when they've talked about these pills before, they go, this is a pill that can help you lose weight. And I keep saying to people, listen, there is no pill that helps you lose weight. OK, uh, because it's got to go somewhere. You know, if, if, if you're a fat person and you take a pill then all of a sudden, you know, you feel full and and, 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 and you still look down, you still look fat. Of course, because you've got to do the exercise to get rid of it. The hotel next door to the Hawaii was the uh, something 35, 35 pound a 17 year old. Stayed there in 72 next door to the Hawaii. Was the Sestan? You know, there was some hotel. I can't remember what what was next to Hawaii. I can't remember because I think we were in the Hawaii. It was it was very like it was very pleasant. You know, it was safe to go out. I wouldn't go now, actually. Really, uh, Steve. Perhaps when the British trawler crew are now encircled by the brave French fishing fleet, they should defiantly stand on deck and sing the translated lyrics of La Marseillaise. <laughs> No, I can't sing that song, but it's a lovely song and I'm, I'm sure it will go down very well. Uh, somebody says, I saw the Elton John uh, chocolate bar advert earlier. Perhaps he needs the money. Perhaps he needs the money because he can't be eating it. He's way too fat to advertise chocolate bars, isn't he? But like Eamon Holmes. You know, if somebody, you know, got Eamon Holmes in to do some sort of chocolate bar, we'd all be going, oh, God, no, that's not very good, is it? That's not very good. Uh, so, uh, Jude Law's son questioned, I think he's called Rafferty, which I think is a great name. And uh, Lily Allen, so lonely she slept with female escorts. So lonely she's got to come up with stuff in her book so she can sell a book to you and you go, oh, we're really interested. Who's interested? The only person who'd be interested is old Dave O'Brien. He's the only one. He likes her. I think she likes him, so that's it. But if people are selling books, you'll read stories about them in the newspapers. That's how they get your interest. Simple as that. 14 minutes to six. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. I'm Matt Stadlin. And I'm a man. What does that mean? What does that... It's worried me. It's worried me quite a bit, actually. I mean, it really has worried me. Because when it came, because Zora said, listen to this, listen to this. I'm Matt Stadlin, I'm a man. And it's, it's like some secret code if you're in MI6, isn't it? The blue bird flies at dawn. I'm Matt Stadlin, and I'm a man. Do we know why he said that? Is there any logical reason for it? Is he ha- sleep deprivation? Oh right, okay. He's only done eight nights. Goodness sake, I do sort of seven nights every week. Goodness sake, honestly. So I'm Matt Stadlin. I'm a man. I think then we need a chorus of "Oh no, you're not," and then a chorus of Lily going "Oh yes, he is," <laughs> just to make it marginally more entertaining. And uh, uh, congratulations, says Richard. On the Eddie Mayer interview, loved it. You made me cry and laugh as well. All your best interviews catch me. I didn't know I was going to cry on it. I said certainly wasn't in my uh, in my uh, brief for that uh, for that day. We just I just thought we'd have a chat. The whole idea was to um, 
to introduce you to Eddie because you might not be familiar with him. He's got a lovely voice. He's ever such a nice person. But I, I don't have to say that because he's working here. I didn't have to do the interview. I did the interview because he's a nice person. And, and I think you're going to enjoy his, uh, his, his programme. I thought it was funny, though. Ian Dale sort of did his sort of finished on his last programme. But I thought, you're only just moving a little bit way, way ahead in, in the schedule. So it didn't really make too much difference, bless his heart. But he's got this cough. And he did say yesterday, because he was sitting in it uh, yesterday morning, and, uh, and he said, I've got this cough. And I, I, wonder, I thought he was maybe doing the interview from somewhere like a hospital, because he obviously pushed his sort of cough button, but you could still hear him on the other microphone that was on. Every so long he had this sort of coughing fit. And I thought, I've been there. I've been there. Anybody see the, uh, the balloon? Sadiq Khan's balloon floating about. To be honest with you, if you really want to waste 50,000 quid, which I think is what it was, 50,000 quid to, to see somebody in a balloon wearing a bikini. I didn't... It's not, it's not the best tourist attraction, is it, really? Going on the river on Harmony was my best tourist attraction the other day. I kept wondering, I wonder how deep the river is. I had no intention of diving in off the side to find out, but uh, I was just sort of curious as to how deep the Thames is right in the middle. And uh, another one here. Uh, it says, uh, congratulations. Oh, that was the same one, actually. And Viv says, just to say, I listened to your in conversation with Eddie Mayer. For me, it was one of the best you've done. What a truly nice man he is. Took me right back to the good old days of LBC when he used to follow Pete Murray. You two used to make me cry with laughter. So good to have you back on Saturday. It was a lovely interview. If you haven't heard the interview, do listen to it because loads of people streamed it yesterday. It was, it was really good. I never listen back to them, though. Isn't that odd? Somebody says to me, and I, I do know presenters that listen back to their interview. I can't do it. I cannot do it. I have no intention of ever listening to it. To, to hear a whole programme would be nothing, nothing short of torture, as far as I'm concerned. Because it's radio, and you don't, you don't think about it. You, you, you just do it. And that's, you know, when people say, oh, you know, Steve Allen did another one of his legendary interviews and things like that. You think, it's just a conversation. I have these conversations with the producer. In fact, you wouldn't believe some of the conversations I have with the producer. Now he's discovered that he can go out on the River Thames, have something to eat, and that means Matt can't get hold of anybody. He can't run away. He's stuck there. That, that, he's really got him. He's really got him. I wonder what they talk about. Perhaps, I'll tell you what we'll do. Next time he actually goes down, and, and if he goes on, but I'm going to try and arrange to have the, the table mic'd up, you know, so we can hear the conversation. That'll be interesting, won't it? And we'll find out a few things. So listen, what do you think? Wedding in Easter or something like that? What do they talk about? How long do your lunches last? Do you have long lunches? You know, sort of, or is it just sort of just grab a quick subway or something like that? An hour in, in what? Grain? What's that? Granges. Oh, right. Oh, Westbourne. Oh, you have to go to him. Oh, right. OK. So, so you go to Grange. What sort of food is that there? Is that nice food? Is it, uh, what, yeah, is it artisan? You have prawn linguine. Ooh. Oh, yes, the flattened chicken. Isn't it called um, spatchcock? I think it's called spatchcock. It's, it's flattened out, isn't it? Yeah. It's just basically chicken that's been run over, and um, and that's it. It comes comes in breadcrumbs, does it? Right, and that oh a brownie at a local. Oh right, do you know? Oh, you, you don't have a pudding in this this restaurant. Uh, oh right, okay, decent. Yeah, I'm not into brownies at all. I don't know why. I've, are these really? What do you have them with? Cream or something like that? Oh, you just pick them up and eat them. <laughs> Shove it in your fizzog. Oh right. You see, I, I do like... If I, what was I have? I like, used to like banana split years ago. 
banana split, it used to be in a long boat. The, 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 the actual dish was sort of fairly long. And you cut a banana, obviously peel it, you know, pull the skin back. And then you slice it in half, put one half either side. And in the middle you put scoops of ice cream. And then you drizzle it with either chocolate sauce or crushed nuts, depending on how much you like the person. And, uh, and it's... I think you'll find it still alive and well. I think you find you could still get... I'm sure I could find a restaurant in London that served banana splits. I can't believe you're poo-pooing there. You were telling me next there's no Knickerbocker glories either. Did you... No, banana splits are really pop... They're very popular. I have them at home all the time. <laughs> in fact, there's rarely a day goes by where I don't have a banana split. <laughs> I used to love it, actually. I don't know why. We used, to, we used to be fed the idea that bananas were quite, like, hip. So we had bananas. <laughs> Don't ask me why, seriously. My family was as mad as toothbrushes. Uh, Steve, I enjoy your uh, programme. I listen uh, uh, between 5.30 and 7. Could you mix the clips so they don't go out at the same time? They don't, actually. They're, I mean, we, I think this year, this year, this week, he took loads and loads of clips, which is good. I did listen to, uh, to your In Conversation with Eddie Mayer, and it was so natural, like all your In Conversation. We just had a chat. We're just two broadcasters in, in the business. It was sort of like a bit of a mutual admiration society because he started interviewing me and I was thinking, in my mind, I'm thinking, wait a minute, I've got to rescue this back. I've got to rescue it back. So, uh, eventually, have I missed a break? No. No, I'm all right. Oh, thank God for that. I did that the other day. We sat here and, and it was this sort of time and the producer said, do you think we might take a break now? And I go, have we not taken the break? And he said, no, we haven't. I felt a bit guilty, actually, because, you know, sometimes you do forget. You do forget about that. Seven days a week, says uh, Jenny. The blimp needs a name. Should it be Kankini or Sadikini? I think it should just be the mayor. But who paid for it? It was something like £56,000 for a balloon. Crowdfunded for that much. But what's the point? He's probably flattered he's got a balloon with his image on it. I mean, I would be fairly flattered. But I think it's from people who don't like him. So that's why, isn't it? They're sort of basically anti the mayor. Honestly, that's... Did... Well, it, well, it goes down eventually, you know. There's only so long it stays up. And then all of a sudden it'll just go... And it goes all, all floppy and then you roll it up and, and... I don't know what you do with it. Do balloons go off? Do you need to cover them with talcum powder? That's the thing, isn't it? I was trying to work out the other day because I know people at the Magic Circle and they blow balloon animals with a very long balloon. I've never managed to blow one of those balloons up in my life. I don't, I've obviously haven't got enough strength to actually blow a balloon up. When I watch people doing it properly, I think a lot of the professionals have a little machine on there and they put it on, you sort of pull it on, as if you're making sausages, and it blows it up, the balloons. It's a, yes, it's, it's a professional balloon blower-upper. And it's a little battery thing, which you have there, and then you just sort of put, put the end in, slip it in, and then, you, uh, and then you turn it on. And then apparently, and then it blows it up. Because I can't do it by myself. I've tried. In fact, I can't make any dogs at all. And then when they twist them like that, and they go, oh, it's a poodle. I go, well, can't you do something like a Siberian mountain dog or something? Why do they always do poodles? Who cares about poodles? You know, and here's a hat, you know, that like... Tonto would have worn, you know, that kind of stuff. And then uh, what else they make? They always make the same sort of things. It's like hypnotists. If ever they hypnotise you, and I'm not totally convinced it's real, um, they always do the same thing. OK, eat this onion, but you'll think it's an apple. And they go, and they start eating this onion. And you think, are they acting? 
you know, I'm, I'm, I am a bit sceptical about the whole thing. And then, you know, they always go, right, now imagine the whole audience naked. And they laugh. Well, I wouldn't be laughing. I'd be going around with a camera. <laughs> Why would you laugh? Imagine the whole audience is naked. And they make them do silly things. But then they do silly things on Big Brother, don't they? Could you crawl around the floor and pretend you're a cat? And then do that? No, not for me. So, I mean, somebody said to me last week, they said, would you ever go on Big Brother? I thought, no way. Apart from the fact I couldn't desert you. That would be rude. And, and say, if, I, if they let me present in the house... No, no. I'd have to be honest with them, I'm afraid. I'd have to tell them that I didn't like them. There's no point in pretending you like somebody if you don't, if you don't like... I'd, have, I'd, I'd be the one in the shower talking to myself. I can't stand that Roxanne Palo. And just because they then put up these things. You know, they go, Steve was talking to himself in the shower again. <laughs> Kevin says, uh, I watched the Eddie Mayer interview. Wow, how he turned the tables on you. I know. I mean, I was trying to rescue it back, thinking, wait a minute. No, you've got this around the wrong way, Eddie. I'm interviewing you. For an hour. Although he did say to me, he said, how long is it? I said, it's an hour. And he went, oh. <laughs> the new schedule's very exciting, Steve. And the best of Steve Allen is back. I know, I know. And very happy to have it back as well. News at six o'clock coming up this Sunday morning on LBC. Uh, the discarded tents at this music uh, festival in Leeds. I mean, it's just dreadful. It really is. Uh, the great train station robbery. Um, Toy Boy Chris. No trust, so I ditched Katie. So that was the one that she was going to marry again, and it was all looking wonderful. Now she's found somebody else. She's still not divorced from Kieran Haler. Something's going wrong in Katie Price's life. I think it's called lack of money, isn't it? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Sunday morning, 2nd of September. I know. Where did the first go? Where did the first go? We've all, we're into the 2nd of September, which means that we're going to race through this month because I can't, 30 days, there's only 30 days in this month. It's going to go by really, really quickly. And then we're going to be in October. And then it's Christmas. Well, we've got Bonfire Night and a few other things in between. But it's racing through. Even somebody wrote to me the other day and said, I cannot believe that this year has gone. It only seems like a few months ago we were doing, you know, Welcome to Christmas Day on LBC. <laughs> now, it's, now we're sort of into September. I don't know what happens, actually. I really, uh, I really don't know. Uh, another one here, uh, LBC, at Matt Stadler, new anti-ageing treatment. What's that called? Eating a balanced diet and exercise. Yeah, I don't, I'm not very good with things like that. I know I should be. I, I, I can't, um, I can't preach about eating healthily because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to be good. And uh, somebody up uh, says, uh, I always enjoyed hearing about your hanging baskets. So this year, I thought I'd try my hand at growing tomatoes in an old tin bath. Easy. Easy peasy, that one. In fact, tomatoes are the only thing that you can grow. I mean, you don't need any, nothing at all. You just put them in and they grow and you pick your own tomatoes. If you've got kids, they love stuff like that. They love things like that. Proper, you know, phew, wonderful. Chris says, did you see Gemma Collins wants her own chat show? No, she can't speak. She cannot speak. I mean, it's just, you know, kind of like the G3. Who's going to want to listen to a stupid little voice like that? She doesn't know anything about anybody. You know, it's like Arge wanted to be a singer. Oh, and then Peter Andre. Peter Andre's cancelled his gig again. 24 hours notice. The fan was thrilled, as you can well imagine. Apparently he was ill. It's amazing, actually. That'll be about the third time. He cancelled the whole of the Australian tour, mainly due to lack of interest, although we were told it was going to be rescheduled. But, of course, that's a load of old codswallop, isn't it? And then these other ones he's cancelled. And now people have started saying, why does he keep cancelling them? And you go, because they haven't sold any tickets, I should imagine. You don't cancel tickets... 
if it's if it's packed solid because Peter Andre's fan will will travel anywhere, won't they? It doesn't matter. You know, so he comes out and he can't sing. I mean, I don't even know what he sings anyway, apart from Mysterious Girl, Mysterious Girl, Mysterious Girl, Mysterious Girl. And that's it. That was his only hit, I believe. Well, most of the other ones sort of tiddled about the bottom end of the charts and nobody really cares. But he sees himself as a pop star. But it's it's just not happening, is it? There's no way you're ever going to be going down 16 places at inner number two this week. It's Peter Andre. You're never going to hear that. He is never going to hear that in a million years unless he's sort of sampled on something else. But the good news is that he is the voice and sings a song in the Thomas the Tank Engine film and he's going to be appearing with Sooty. Of course, the big problem is nobody's told him that Sooty's a glove puppet. He thinks it's a real person. So uh, we'll have to wait and see how that one pans out. There's, a, there's not really a lot you can do with Peter Andre. He's, you know, he's a little bit needy. He's, uh, he's a bit, I don't know, it's just, I don't know what you do with him. His career was on the skids. He goes to the jungle, he meets Katie Price. She's single, she's looking for somebody to sort of chirp her up a little bit. Then they get married very quickly because she needs the money. Quite clearly she needs the money. And so she trousers, I don't know, 200,000 or whatever it is. What he got out of it, I've got no idea. Just a lot of sweat. Because they made him wear makeup, and he just looked he looked like sort of some gay lover of Liberace. It was just the most awful-looking picture I've ever seen. Everybody sweated. It wasn't a good look. So that one then went down the Swanee, and then there was a progression of other people went down the Swanee. And so then Pete cancels. I'm just waiting for somebody in an interview to say to him, so what about the tour of Australia? Where's that one gone? But people conveniently forget, don't they, really? Which is not uh, not so good. Tom Daly's revealed that his baby's surrogate mum was physically and psychologically screened. We like Tom Daly. We like. He's a nice boy. He's a nice boy. Both of them seem to be very nice indeed. Very nice. Uh, Thomas is on track with new PC pals. This is Thomas the Tank Engine, by the way. In case you, I don't know anything about Thomas the Tank Engine. Just he goes chuff, chuff, chuff. And that's about it. So then I've got new ones here. They've got one called Yong Bio. That, that, what's that? Hello, Thomas. Hello, Yong Bio. Hello, I'm Ashima. I could do the narration of that. I could do that. Listen, if Ringo Starr could do it, I could definitely get the gig. Definitely. I never watched it. As a kid, we didn't have Thomas the Tank Engine. Is it IT- oh, ITV? I don't think our television picked up ITV. Very common, my mother used to say. We were stuck with BBC. And it had to be something intelligent. <laughs> Why? I've got no idea. But uh, I like I things. It was written by the Reverend Audrey somebody, isn't it? W. Audrey. Look at me knowing that, you see. But I couldn't tell you any of the stories. I don't know if they're like... It's like I never liked the Mr. Men either. They were slightly peculiar, weren't they? Thomas did a lot of shunting, didn't he? He liked that. He shunted everywhere, I know. Many of the time you'd see him, there'd be a rock fall and Thomas would come in to do shunting. And then I saw Fireman Sam the other day. I suddenly realised... he Honestly, they had their hoses out quicker then you can say you're living next door to Bob the Builder. Because they're all the same, aren't they? They all look the same. Bob the Builder and this one, you know. And then you've got Thomas, and they go, Hello, Thomas, can you come down to the to the valley? You know, we've got to, some the bus has broken down. And Thomas, being the good-natured little... I mean, how many trains have you seen with a face on the front of them that talks to you? I mean, can you imagine? Frightening the life out of kids, that would. Here's Thomas. Hello. Wow! Imagine these poor children. Poor children. Never mind. Uh, Robbie says, I'm the boss of X Factor. No. No, he's not. He's absolutely not. And the actress's career in uh, Tatters is Roxanne Pallet. Uh, she suffered a backlash. I don't, I, I don't think she should suffer a backlash, quite clearly. But to be honest with you, I thought it was a setup. 
I thought somebody had said to her, listen, when you go in the house, you're going to need to get out quickly because you've got this Bear Grylls programme that you've filmed as well. And I'm thinking, I didn't like what I saw. But I didn't like what I saw on Loose Women. I didn't like it. There's going to be an announcement, apparently, Monday. Apparently, Colleen, she who should be obeyed, uh, is a really nice person, would never bully anybody. Really? Ooh, I think I could disprove that one quite easily. I've spoken to people who've been on the programme. Oh, dear, if she doesn't like you, cut you dead. Cut you dead, she would. Cut you dead. So she's going to make an announcement. Is it that she's going to quit? I shouldn't think so. She'd just leave. Is it that she's going to apologise and say it should never have happened? In which case, where will Kim be? Will she be invited onto the programme? Because they, they, they need to eat humble pie on this one. Because bullying on the television is not looking good. It doesn't look good. And I watched it and it made me feel uncomfortable. But uh, she didn't storm off the set. She didn't throw anything. It was just they were all ganging up on her. Janet Street Porter was as guilty as the other ones. I'm sorry to tell you. Uh, also, stars have been warned. They... Uh, they could prompt fans to try risky pills by plugging diet products on Instagram. So they've got all the usual ones. They've got here uh, Marnie Simpson, who plugs diet coffee. There's no such thing. OK, let me tell you, there's no such thing. If you're stupid enough to buy into this rubbish, you know, there's one here. It's called um, Boombod. And it's a soluble fibre weight loss shot drink that claims to melt a muffin top in four weeks. Well, Gemma Collins is on it, and it's not made the slightest difference to her. In fact, if anything, she's grown another one. Marnie Simpson and Charlotte Dawson. Again, it's all the trash, isn't it? It's all the people out there who shouldn't be plugging this sort of thing at all. It's a, a six-calorie coffee drink that claims to help you drop a dress size in four weeks. Again, really. Uh, Fern McCann and Danielle Armstrong. It's all the low-rent people, isn't it? It's all, the, it's all the dimbos out there. You know, you shouldn't be endorsing it, these people. Holly Hagen endorses this kind of stuff. Is it for money, Holly? Did you did you take the golden shilling? Because I suspect you probably did. I suspect you did, which is not so good, is it? Uh, Courtney Green has revealed Miles Bennett dumped her. OK, we might have to backtrack on that one because nobody knows who Courtney Green is. We don't know who Miles Barnett is either, but apparently they've been on the television. So they're huge celebrities. Huge celebrities. Uh, also... Uh, Gemma Collins will retire from TV to become a reclusive farmer. Don't be so ridiculous. She couldn't pick up a wheelbarrow if her life depended on it. Uh, Ollie Murs is going back to his fun factor on his new album. I wonder where he'd been for the last ages and ages. He sort of disappeared, didn't he? We went, Ollie, where's he gone? And he just vanished. Uh, also, Shelby Tribble. Oh, good. Shelby is a Towie beauty. Well, she is when she's been airbrushed. But luckily, she's got new boobs. And so that makes such a difference. And uh, she says it's a great idea for anybody who feels insecure. Oh, that's lovely. Well done for you. And she says, uh, I get nasty comments about the way I look because I'm on TOWIE. Yeah, we don't have to do very much, do you? Do you just walk up and down and get a drink from the bar? I mean, what's that called? Talent, is it nowadays? Forgive us for not, uh, for not buying into the idea. A funky 91-year-old who loves George Ezra and hip-hop reckons she's Britain's oldest DJ. This is Mary Sandal. Mary Sandal uh, spins records from her house and hosts a weekly slot on a show for Hospital Radio. So that'll be good. Nobody will be hearing it, of course. That's why they've done a piece in the paper today. And uh, she says, I, I heard George Ezra recently and I thought, I like that. I've seen his picture. He seems like a nice lad. Yes, he does, doesn't he? He seems like a nice lad. I'm not sure if that's a compliment or not. And she says, if I listen to hip hop on the radio, I'll listen to it too. I do prefer the smoochy music. Well, she would do. She's 91. You know, she grew up with all sorts of... But she does owe her health and happiness to the songs that she loves. She's, she's got a list of about 500 
And so she says, I found out I could save all the tunes I liked. Which is quite clever when you think about it. 91. New lease of life for a 91-year-old. I think that's brilliant. Good for her. Good for her. Uh, Gary Bushell puts uh, Danny John Jewell's racism jibe uh, out into touch because he said, oh, no, black people get voted out first, which was, well, cobblers, really. Aura Duba won his series. Colin Jackson came second. Alexandra Burke, Natalie Gamedi were runners-up. Vic Hope won't be the first out this year either. I predict big things for Vic Hope. Big, big things. She's got the most beautiful hair. She'll be, she'll be used by all these hair manufacturers, everything. She's slim. She's witty. She's intelligent. Fine. Seriously. You'll, you'll like her when you see her dancing. Cup of tea on a Sunday morning, eh? Ooh, can you hear me, Mother? Oh, I bet you can, actually. I bet you can. And um, here we go. Love Island babe Zara. Zara McDermott. Um, remember, she was working for the Department of Education. Apparently, she was making big decisions in government, writing all the speeches and everything else, which, of course, is another load of old trash. But anyway, she likes... Um, she, she earns a crust by posing for sexy shoots and appearing on telly. What, what telly, dear? Could you tell us what you've done recently? I haven't seen you on telly at all. I mean, you know, so you've taken your kit off. Well, I mean, anybody on Love Island does that. That's quite normal, isn't it, really? In fact, if you don't take it off, nobody's interested in you. But uh, at least you're not the uh, the trolley dolly. Not so good. Uh, 84850, uk. And um, somebody says here, um, I did listen to your In Conversation with Eddie Mayer. And, uh, and it was so natural. I have to admit, I'd never heard of him before. I listened to Radio 4 for comedy, but I don't listen to the Beep for anything else. And I thought I was having a ground dog day when you both did that Monday thing. But thank you for making uh, the early morning so bearable, which is good. And uh, somebody else says, I also love banana splits. See? They do exist. He's very funny. Sometimes he's, sort of, if, if, if he's got it in his, if he's on a mindset, you know, and I sort of go, oh, banana splits. And he'll go, oh, it's all rubbish. Very dismissive of the banana. Very dismissive, but you can't beat it because you've got... So you do the banana, and then you do the scoops of ice cream, and then you drizzle it. Drizzle it. Drizzle's one of my favourite words. Uh, in either chocolate sauce, which you can buy all over the place, uh, or strawberry sauce is also quite nice. Or if you're really thinking about it, go with both of them, and then you can get a good mixture. And if you can make a knickerbocker glory at the same time... <gasps> lovely. Lovely. Um... Somebody says, I also like treacle tart and custard, or with cream. No, 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 Robert. No, definitely not treacle tart. I used to have an abiding hatred of treacle. When my mother used to, she used to make flapjacks, I think, or something. I don't know what it was. And uh, we used to have a tin of treacle in the cupboard. Black treacle and the golden treacle. And I remember thinking, oh, God, I remember it at school. And they go, oh, it's very lucky today. Today we've got treacle pudding. And I said, oh, God, no. I used to hate it. And out would come this stuff. And then... And then you sort of pour the treacle over... The, oh, it was horror. I could taste it now. It was absolutely disgusting. But some people liked it. Um, uh, Robin from Hook says, Could you stay on air for another 12 hours? Um, I don't think so, actually. I think there might be a slight problem there. Because he's starting his shift at Heathrow, you see. And uh, he needs something to get him through. <laughs> uh, 84850, oh, Steve at LBC. .co.uk. Kate says, am I rambling or did Nick Ferrari threaten to crowdfund a Sadiq balloon at the time of Trump's? I don't know, actually. I don't know. You might be right. You might be right on that one. I don't know. Uh, Juliet at the Swan in Sandhurst makes a great banana split, says Dave. Woo! That sounds nice, doesn't it? Uh, and then, I always wanted Matt Stadham, but I quite like it, actually. It was, uh, some years ago, a plan to get older women back into office work. It was rolled out with a fanfare by the government. Who blocked them? Other women. 
84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, good morning from Kerala in India. What happened to Lucy Beresford? Well, she'd had a, she'd had a very good run, actually. Very good run. Very good run, indeed. So uh, it, was, it was decided to, to rest it. <laughs> uh, 84850, steve at And then Mark says, uh, just a suggestion, you have a few bob put away. Katie Price does provide you with a lot of material. Couldn't you lend her some money? I wouldn't lend her air to breathe, I'm afraid. I just really wouldn't. It's all self-inflicted. It's all, she's constant. Ask, ask people who, who've met her, you know, and worked with her. She, you know, she always played the big I am. Big mistake there, because now it's all collapsing. All collapsing. The trouble is, she doesn't care. She's not remotely bothered. She thinks something will turn up. That's what she thinks. <clears throat> Personally, I think not. <coughs> Which is, um, you know, it, it's just one of those sort of things. I think she's had her day now. Now she just looks a bit sad. She's not, I don't know why she's still not, <coughs> excuse me, divorced from Kieran. Uh, I don't think he wanted a cheapy divorce, but of course it'll have to be because she hasn't got any money. And never had any money. Never had that sort of money. She might. I don't think she's ever had millions sitting in the bank. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. Produce the bank statements and show us. In fact, you can find her on Companies House. She's closed down more companies, as HMRC say, that they're going to be looking at because she seems to close them down so that she doesn't have to, to pay any tax, which is not the best way to conduct your affairs, is it? I mean, she's supposed to be a responsible adult, but there again, you know, a bit Jack and Ori, isn't it, I suppose? Uh, Mel B's fury at the court attack... Uh, not very happy in court. They they listed her as uh, as a drug, sex and alcohol addict. I mean, it's, it's nice to have the set. You know, if you're going to have the set. The allegations were made by former male nanny Rusty Updegraff. Yorkshire-born Mel fears she could lose her three children because of the claims. But she says, I will prove to them all that I love my children. Blah, blah. It's amazing what... I said this one. When this one first hit the court, I said exactly <coughs> the same. That, you know, she will, she'll have to fight this because this stuff will stick. Luckily, she's got a job. She's on Simon Cowell's America's Got Talent. It's a £2 million contract or $2 million, whichever she wants sounds more. It'll probably be pounds, won't it? But I don't think she'll be paid on that at all. And uh, she's got to get through it. But, I mean, she seems she seems to be blissfully unaware. All these people, they seem to just brush it to one side, don't they? So, oh, can't be bothered. It's like Katie, but I can't be bothered, really. Why should I bother? You know, I'd quite like to see her getting off and going down the job centre, trying to find a job to pay back some of the people she owes money to. She's having trouble at the moment getting makeup artists and hair people because they're not being paid on time. That's what the story was the other week in the paper, and I thought, blimey, it can't have got that desperate. Surely a makeup artist for, you know, a day would be 500 quid, something like that. But uh, also, I mean, perhaps she could learn to do it herself. Be good, wouldn't it, really? Uh, Carrie Katona fears she'll go bankrupt again. I have every uh, every idea in my mind that you will go bankrupt again. Because uh, if she pays £200 a week on taxes to school for her daughter after a, a bus run is scrapped. And I, I put out the idea the other day, why don't you try and find some friends, of which I should imagine it's probably quite difficult for you, and uh, and then share the, the car. So £200 a week... So that's £800 a month. What, you don't have £800. You need to get yourself a job, dear. Get yourself a job and then people will think, think better of you. Uh, 84850, uh, So Declan Donnelly, head over heels. I bet you see him pushing the pram. I bet this week there is a picture of him pushing a pram down the high street. Whereas uh, I'll bet you a fiver this week you won't see a picture of Cheryl Watsaface pushing her pram down. The Who's looking after the baby? I've got no idea. He's not in the country. And she's on holiday at the moment. Uh, Roxanne Pallet looks glum. She thinks so too. 
I think so too, because uh, there was nothing the matter with that at all. But uh, people were complaining, 11,215, over her reaction. We had the tears, we had the tantrums, we had everything. And then she walked into the bedroom and they all were, they were all talking about her. They all stopped. And she obviously got the, uh, the drift that nobody likes her. Not very pleasant. And now one of the papers has found a woman who went to school with her and said, you know, she was bullying me at school. Amazing. Amazing. Honestly, really quite quite dreadful. Uh, Jude Law and Eddie Redmayne made a surprise appearance at Platform 9 and 3 quarters. Have you ever been down to the station and been to Platform 9 and 3 quarters? It's not for tourists. It's for us. Have you been... It's for us. It's for us, us local people. It's a local event for local people. And it's got... Um, have you ever been down there? Yeah. King's Tro- have you seen the trolley halfway into the wall? That's because it's magic. And because it's, it's where you go. And then when you get... What? And you go through on the trolley. You go, yeah. And you go through on the trolley. And then you appear at the other end and there's the Hogwarts Express. And then you get on it and you go out. And, to go, and then you go to Hogwarts Castle. And then all the pictures talk to you and the staircases move. You've... A photo op for tourists. Don't be so ridiculous. Oh, goodness sake. You'll be telling me... I mean, there was a picture the other day in the paper of somebody who took a picture of the Loch Ness Monster, which had managed to end up in the Thames. And, again, cynicism from next door. Again, the disbeliever. You know, just just because, you know, there's one man, uh, He and he, he, he said it would take something for this to be Nessie. She'd have to have come an awful long way. And he's been he's been following her for 24 years, and he's never seen her. 24 years, you think you'd get a life, wouldn't you, really? <laughs> I could never marry Katie, Steve, not even if the price is right. But that was it, you know, the pricey. Nobody messes with the pricey. It turns out she messes all by herself, I think. <laughs> 84850, Steve at Uh Sorry? What? Oh, break it. Have we not had it? Oh, for goodness sake, honestly. What's the matter with me? Anyway, it's all real. You can get that trolley going through the wall and then you end up on platform nine and three quarters. 19, no, it's not. It's 24 minutes past six. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. <laughs> morning, everybody. 22 minutes past uh, six. Sunday morning with Steve Allen. Um, what have we got here? All the, all the fans going potty because they bumped into Jude Law, who's quite charming, and Eddie Redmayne, who's just very good looking and uh, very good indeed. Second... Oh, sorry, I forgot about that. And uh, I'll tell you about the second payday loan giant in trouble. Yes, we already had one. This could be the second one. Coming up at seven this morning on the weekend breakfast show with Andrew Castle, frontline police officers should be equipped with overdose kits to treat addicts, says a top cop. The scallop war continues, but an ex-sea lord says we have an insufficient number of ships to patrol our waters. And the border control passport checks that take longer than a flight to Barcelona. All of that... And more at seven on the weekend breakfast with Andrew Castle here on LBC. I'm Steve Allen. Nice to. Uh, do you like Papa Doms? No. And uh, actually, I have bought Papa Doms before now and dipped them in mango chutney. You know, you know when you get mango. I mean, of course, everybody does the same, don't they? Uh, we'll have uh, two bindi barges. We'll have this. Uh, we'll, I don't know why they've become northern. And uh, we'll have poppadoms. And then it's a race, isn't it? When the poppadoms arrive on the table, you push the middle of them and crack them all to bits. And somebody says, I wanted to do that. I can remember going out. I, I, a friend of mine uh, is is Asian. And we went out to an Indian restaurant. An absolute nightmare. Everything went back. He sent everything back. Poppadoms, too stale. So that, that, that started it. And we started getting this... Every, every dish that came out, it was all wrong. It was, oh, I felt so humiliated. I've never felt so bad in my entire life. I thought, if I'd just been by myself, I'd have eaten it all. But it went, no. I mean, the poppadoms went back three times. 
I've never heard of poppadoms going. Have you ever heard of stale poppadoms? He said, cast them poppadoms back. Yeah, like, but I mean, but I love breaking them and dipping them in uh, Thousand Island dressing. That's quite nice. Or real mayonnaise. Or this mango chutney. Or what's the other one that they do, which is the... Oh, there's another name for it. It's another one of these dips. I quite like them. Oh, Ratey. Is it Ratey? I think it's Ratey. Uh, what else we got here? Um, 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 um. Oh, Martin in Unkempt. Bear Grylls Island nearly killed me, but now I appreciate my life. And uh, And this is... Martin Kemp. So uh, they, they've got this one. This comes back next Sunday uh, with, here we go, Anthony Agogo. Not a clue. Not a clue. And this is supposed to be a celebrity version. I mean, I never hear of some of these people. Paris Lees. Who? Who's Paris Lees? Montana Brown. No? Or vaguely, we think. Vague. Is it? I don't know what it is. Roxanne Pallet, Joe Wood, I know. Eric Roberts. Who's Eric Roberts? Who are these people? Salia Ashan. No idea. Pete Wicks. Who? Oh, he's Bam Bam, isn't he, from The Only Way is Essex. He wears his hair up in a little knot. Slightly bizarre. And uh, Martin and James Cracknell. But who in God's name is Paris Lees? I've never heard of Arthur. And Roxanne Pallet again we'll have to put up with. Bit of a shame, isn't it? Gemma Collins gets all emotion as she talks about her love for troubled on-off boyfriend James Arge Argent. And as I say, there's lots of stories about that, but uh, still still can't speak properly. Never mind. LBC News Time, 6.30. The latest headlines with Philip Chrysokos. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. Front page of the Mirror. Rox is off. This is Roxanne Pallet, who's turned out to be not everybody's favourite person in the Big Brother house. I think she was thinking, oh, because there's loads of pictures of her in bikinis and all the rest of it, but uh, you just have to sort of put up with it, I'm afraid. But then I just don't believe that this thing happened. She might have been playfully hit, but he certainly didn't do it intentionally. Just when it hurt, and then she did the crying, and then she did this whole bit. And Big Brother obviously watched it and watched it because they've got to. They have to do it. They're, they're governed by law. To watch it. If there's any bullying that went on in there, they would have to stamp on it immediately. And um, and they, they decided there was nothing. So otherwise, if, if there had have been, then he would have gone. But he didn't. Uh, he didn't go. He didn't go. And that's that's the indicator that they didn't think it was bad at all. Uh, there's a Brit facing 14 years in jail after a £350 million cocaine bust in Colombia. This particular person was arrested with his wife. Oh, dear. Um, and a remote farmhouse. This is in the Medellin heartland where infamous Pablo Escobar ruled. And he disguised cocaine as dog food and shipped huge amounts to the UK mainland and Europe. And they, they, they decided to get him. And, uh, and they, they, they've got him. So 14 years in prison, judging by the size of him, I should imagine, because he was actually hiding in the loft of his house is a fat, bloated man. Different from the picture on the, the front of the paper where he's sort of half-grown a beard. And uh, the agents arrived with their dogs and uh, they found this gear all over the place. You know, it's, um, it's amazing. So he faces 14 years, £354 million haul and powder cooked to look like dog food. So they've got a whole list of, uh, of people that they managed to catch and things like that. It shows how much money there is, isn't there? Former villager at a Rolls-Royce, a new wife and five beloved dogs. Cannabis plot dad was jailed for 18 years and he had a Rolls too. It's all these people. I mean, I think three and a half thousand died 
when Pablo's henchmen run amok. Seems ages ago of him now. Uh, Roxanne to lose £75,000 fee. I'm totally convinced that originally they were saying it was 750000 I remember thinking, well, you could get it for threepence. Get it for threepence. But uh, no, 75000 which isn't very much at all. And um, Sue Cleaver, Corrie star on the Ryan situation. She says, I can't believe what Ryan is having to go through. I love him. Everybody said that about him. He's quite charming. He came in for a conversation. Quite charming. Quite, quite, quite charming. And uh, what she was trying to do to him, I think, was a stitch up. But that's just my opinion. You've probably got an opinion. You might think she's absolutely right. But Big Brother uh, thought differently. They, they decided that he hadn't done anything wrong at all. At all. That's why he was still there. Notting Hill Carnival lived up to the expectations of Jude Law's son, judging by the pictures. Rafferty told his social media followers that it would be lively, and on the day he was seen clutching a balloon and, uh, and a canister. I don't know, it's not too bright, is it? But I suppose, you know, the argument would be that loads of people have done drugs over the years, and so he's just, uh, just another one. Uh, here they are. Oh, did you laugh at uh, poor old Louis Tomlinson? He calls everybody lad. Literally, in fact, they're actually counting how many times you use the word lad. There's obviously something the matter with him. He's obviously got repetitive something. And so everybody's lad. Yeah, so-and-so lad. So-and-so lad. If they're over 50. Can he? How old is Louis Tomlinson? He's about 20, 28, I think, or something like that. Can you not? No, he does. All the way through. All the way through the programme. In fact, to the point of people laughing at him because he's, he's not the most articulate we've ever heard. Uh, Robbie Williams doesn't really do anything at all. But Dermot O'Leary has backed Holly Willoughby not to stumble in the jungle. Well, she's going to look more professional than you are. <laughs> Very much more professional because that's what she does. It's easy peasy for her. Whereas Dermot looks like sort of a throwback to Dr. Kildare days. And Holly Willoughby just looks as though she can, she'll breeze through it. I mean, she will breeze through it. It'll be so easy for her. She'll be allowed to wear all her own outfits. They'll be plugging them at the end. And, um, and it'll, it'll be very nice. People will be quite happy with her. She's very prof- She knows what she's doing. She's a professional. She doesn't need to, to think about it. She just presents. And because she's genuine, she's not, you know, that's why you know, when you see all these, you know, the Love Island crew and things like that, it's just, it's just a waste of everybody's time. A popadum apparently, uh, is, 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 I've lost it, an inevitable part of Kerala meals. It's quite common all over southern India. You must have been to a Kerala restaurant. No, 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 we'd, we'd sell them everywhere. I don't think I've been in an Indian restaurant yet where we don't have them. I've, I tried Kerala food once. a bit dry for me, a little bit dry. But, uh, you know, OK. But uh, I, I, I like dipping. In stuff. I don't know why we have it. It's just giant crisps, isn't it? Giant crisps. I remember thinking, how lovely giant crisps. Uh, yes, you can send poppadoms back. Uh, we call them floppy doms, Steve. <laughs> floppy doms. Well, these, these ones went back. <laughs> Chris says, how can it possibly be September already? Mum, Lois's birthday today. Hip, hip. So lunch with Sister Spoons here in Cardiff. Uh, Sarah says, I think uh, Roxanne needs psychiatric help. Well, she certainly acted a way out of that one, didn't she? We had the tears, we had the drama, we had everything. And everybody's going, no, it wasn't like that. Might have been in your mind. I mean, I, I think she's got quite a few screws loose, but that's just my opinion. I don't think she's a nasty piece of work. I think she was just, she's trying to look for something that she can hinge so she can make money when she comes out. But I'm going to poo-poo every... Every step of the way, she starts, you know, trying to sell stories about I was bullied in the house and he hit me and all the rest of it. It's a load of old codswallop. 
A load of old codswallop. Uh, what else we got in the paper today? Shops flouting the law over baby milk. They're running cut-price promotions on baby milk that could break the law hundreds of times a year. Fewer adults and children visit the dentist. You know why? We don't like the dentist. We're frightened. They're frightened. It hurts. Oh, it's awful. Puts your teeth on edge, doesn't it? You sit there in the, in the I call it, the sort of the waiting room. You know, the little bit. And you can hear them drilling. You can hear them drilling and you think, oh, no, I don't like this. And you try and think of different things. So you sort of think, you know, if, if, if I don't, don't think about the drilling or the noise or anything else, I'll, I'll be able to get through it. But we don't, do we? I mean, some people are brilliant. They don't, obviously don't have nerves in their teeth. What's that? Is that drilling? Sounds like you're vacuuming or making something on a, on a sewing machine. <laughs> that was dentist, was it? Oh, that horrible... Oh, doesn't that go right through you? Oh, I'm sorry. If you've got to go to the dentist next week, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It was horrible. <laughs> we shouldn't have done that. I never did it. I never did it. Sorry? Yeah, they should... Well, yeah, but then sometimes... I knew a girl who, literally, we were saying the other week, and she ate bags and bags of sweets. Literally every day. Not one filling. Not one filling. Yeah. No teeth. And... Uh, <laughs> there's little wooden... Years ago, there were little wooden stumps. They would take a tooth out... They'd bash you over the head, I think, and give you a glass of whiskey. And then they'd pull it out and they'd push in a wooden tooth. A lot of people had wooden pegs, hence toothy pegs, I think. That's what, I think that's where it comes from. Toothy pegs. That's what people call teeth, eh? toothy pegs. Am I facing the right way? They do! They so do. Just before they're going to have a Knickerbocker glory <laughs> and a banana split. That's what goes on. They're called toothy pegs. When you were young, didn't they call them toothy pegs? What sort of family do you come from? Do you... <laughs> a family brush... But you didn't ever hear the, 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 the idea they were called toothy pegs. Who's got little toothy pegs they get? Who's got little toothy pegs? No? What the, did you talk to your parents? I mean, was there any conversation at all between you through, through the window of the condemned cell? You know, did, I mean, what did they say to you when you were growing up? You were taken for a banana split. I know, it's funny. When I first saw you, I thought immediately, banana split. It was the early 80s. It doesn't matter how long ago it was. They're still available. They can still do ice cream. They still do banana. And they still do different sauces. OK? The only thing you can't have it with is custard, which is very boring. As one here says, thank you, I've got the dentist on Wednesday. Really helping the phobia. I can't, listen, nothing to do with me. That's what he wants to do. I mean, you just have to get over yourself, I suppose. It's Tuesday. Good luck. You're not going to sort of keep worrying about that, are you, till Tuesday? <laughs> It'd be great, though, wouldn't it, actually? Uh, Steve. Uh, Melanie from Bister. Travelling north to fly to Chicago on business. Uh, tell mum, me and the diabetes will be fine. First latte at Warwick. I've never been to Warwick. It sounds lovely, though, doesn't it? Is Warwick nice? wouldn't mind going, going to Warwick. Uh, also, 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 farewell to the oldest Brit. This is Olive, pro uh, prodigious knitter. Olive was born in 1904 and lived through the reign of five monarchs and 22 Prime Ministers. Ah, lovely. Little picture, picture in the uh, Anne Diamond's column today. We like Anne Diamond. Unfortunately, it's uh, Noel Fielding, the desperately unfunny one who's on one of these Bake Off-type programme things. Uh, Melanie B vowed to battle back after being branded uh, a drug, sex and alcohol addict by her children's ex-minder. You know, the person who comes in to sort of look after them. Uh, also hitting the dance floor. For Graham Swan. I don't even know who he is. Doesn't help, does it? If you don't know who somebody is. 
Uh, and also, it's not just Holly Willoughby who's coining it, because uh, Pip uh, Schofield is in the money too. Talk TV, writing in the Sunday Mirror today, can reveal that he pocketed an extra half a million last year. His pay boost comes after Holly was announced as Ant McPartland's stand-in on the forthcoming series of I'm a Celebrity. Uh, accounts posted for Phil's company, Fistral Productions, show how his pay went up from 300 and f- wait for this one from 304,000 in 2016 to 803,000 last year because all these people you can check so when all these people they go oh they 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 they've got all this sort of money go go and check out on company's house anything to do with Katie Price nothing nothing closed his companies down he earned his cash through uh, tv projects this morning ITV's five gold rings which returns next week and appropriate enough how to spend it well was also the face of, a, of an advert on the television. 803,000. But that's only just started the advert on the telly, so maybe that isn't included. Who knows? Either way, 803,000, that's not bad money, is it? When you get fated by everybody. And I mean everybody. Uh, what have we got? Oh, I know. I'll, I'll try and do a time check on time. So I'll tell you it's quarter to seven. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. 12 minutes to 7 is the time. Front page of the uh, the mail today. It's uh, Nigella's Dish of the Day, TV's Bodyguard. And this is uh, Richard Madden. They went to a friend's wedding in Glasgow, which is quite nice. Uh, also, PM Rumble's Boris plot to oust her. Lily Allen, who's who's got a book out, actually. And um, she says, I was so lonely, I slept with female escorts. People put anything in books, don't they? I mean, it was it's interesting because last year, do you remember? And you might you might not remember it, but I remember it very well. She revealed she'd been sexually harassed and indicated she's taking action against her tormentor. She says, "I have been harassed. I can't talk about it for legal reasons, but I'm in the process of dealing with something." Because I said at the time, "You've got to you've got to deal with it. You've absolutely got to deal with it. It's the only way to stop things like that." But the book, I think, is out on twentieth uh, September. But she says, I was I was lonely and looking for someone. Listen, lots of people do things that they sort of look back on and go, I wish I'd never done that. I remember asking somebody years and years ago, I was so desperate for money. And I, I literally didn't have anything. I was I was hugely in debt. I think I owed about uh, £10,000, which I needed to, to sort of pay back. But I didn't actually have the means to pay back the 10000 And I, I was trying to li- I was living basically on a hand-to-mouth situation. And I remember asking uh, somebody that I knew, um, you know, could you lend me... It was £100. £100. I mean, nowadays it seems silly, but in those days, £100 was a lot of money and I didn't have £100 and I had bills and things like that. And I remember this particular person said, um, yeah, we'll have to get something drawn up with a solicitor. And I remember thinking, it's only £100. You know, I'm not going to skip the country for £100. Um, but that's that's the way it was. Dale was 30000 in debt. He had huge debts. He was he was another one of those. He's like Katie Price, living from hand to mouth. He was, and uh, and sort of relying on on handouts and and people being nice. But uh, I never did get my hundred pound. But uh, in the end, I managed to come through it. Uh, tax avoiders who dodge the roll call uh, of dishonour. The government admits nominees for gongs have tax affairs vetted. Uh, posh treatment. Victoria Beckham. They've said here was made an OBE despite being part of a tax avoidance scheme. Ant McPartland and Declan. They were among 1,400 people who sunk funds into film investment schemes. Gary Barlow made an OBE 
despite he and other members of Take That investing at least £26 million in a scheme that potentially avoided taxes. I mean, I always thought, though, if your accountant says something's OK, then you go for it. Isn't that the way, isn't that the way it works? That's why I assumed it worked. And it's a case of, you know, they're, they're looking to, to limit tax bills. That's, you know, whether it works for everybody, I don't know. I don't know, but uh, it's a shame, really. Uh, Celebrity Big Brother Meltdown, part three. Emmerdale star Roxanne quits over play fight punch. As I say, this has done her no favours whatsoever. Absolutely nothing at all. Uh, Plus a sex scene within 60 seconds. That sums it up, doesn't it, for most of us. Uh, Also, uh, another two minutes later, and still ten more over the next hour. And that's episode one of BBC's Wanderlust. I mean, you you won't be seeing anything. I think this is sort of this is sort of the pervs guide, isn't it, to a television programme? They say, "Oh, tonight, Auntie's going to show you what the bodyguard wears under his kilt." Well, I'm assuming the same as everybody else, unless he's had an operation. He's really called Cheryl or something. I mean, honestly, what is the matter with these people? There's also an app which is available. I didn't know, which helps you dodge roadworks. How can you dodge roadworks unless you fall in them half the time? Uh, Megan, the royal rebel, or how she refuses to the bow to the Queen's very strict fashion rules. I'd, listen, the Queen doesn't interfere with these sort of things. It makes no difference. They've got certain little things that she will have to adhere to because that's the way it works. And the rest of it goes by the uh, the way. Nobody nobody particularly cares. Not too worried. The summer of squalor. Here it is, an environmental obscenity. Acre upon acre of plastic tents left by festival goers. Too lazy to take them home. And literally, you've never seen anything like it. You have never... I mean, so these people buy a tent, go and camp in a field, and then and then at the end of it, they leave the tent. In the middle of, so there's thousands upon thousands upon thousands. They reckon here, this is at Reading, acres of them, and uh, then they sort of put it into a... I've never seen so many tents. Seriously, I'm, I'm amazed that people throw them away. Really? Mel's Fury, missing out on the X Factor. They've got this one wrong by Katie Hines uh, today. And uh, Dr Alex, apparently he was on Love Island. Not so bright, is he? Because uh, if he was, writes Katie Hind, the clever one on Love Island, I dread to think how stupid the rest were. A&E medic turned reality star Alex, another little dreary person, you won't hear of him in a year's time, has been bombarding, bombarding fans with daft healthy eating advice. In one Instagram post about breakfast, Alex, 27... Hard to believe. Solemnly explains the orange juice is full of vital vitamins required for your immune system and the breakfast has a balance of the macronutrients. Unimpressed. Somebody wrote breakfast full of nutrients. Amazing. Groundbreaking. <laughs> I mean, he's a quite clearly a dimbo, isn't he? Quite clearly a dimbo. But as I say, I don't know why we bothered training you up, pal. Just so you can appear on television. Your ego has got the better of you. And if you can't come up with better than, you know, macronutrients and orange juice and stuff like that, you need to go back where you came from. Uh, the one on marriage of Peter Hitchin. Who's this here? This is Lady Kitty Spencer. A bit bored with Lady Kitty Spencer. She needs to be some sort of rebel. And uh, she's wearing a necklace which is... Uh, covered in um, marijuana leaves. I mean, perhaps, perhaps she doesn't know. Perhaps she's a bit dim. But uh, she's everywhere. She's sort of the one they go, oh, you know, it's amazing, isn't it, really? Uh, Rachel Johnson's column. Uh, the the day I learnt to live with my wonky nose and wrinkles. See, I'm quite happy with living the way I look. I mean, obviously, I could be taller, more hair. But apart from that, you know, for my age, I think I look, uh, I look OK. But uh, it's all what? It's overrated, isn't it? I mean, does it matter? I mean, what's the point of being good-looking? There's no point in being good-looking. I work with some of the most unattractive people in the history of the English-speaking world. I'm telling you, 
oh, you know, I, they look at me and they see a bit of glitter and a bit of showbiz and, you know, I wish I was more like Steve. Well, maybe not all of them. But, you know, they, they sort of, they, they like that kind of thing. And looks come into it. I mean, there are some good looking people in this building. The real, I mean, some of them are quite stunning. I don't know them because they don't want to hang around with me because I'm the fat, ugly one in the corner. So, but I don't mind. I've developed a personality. It's as simple as that. You know, once you've developed a personality, it's it's great. But I, I, I sometimes feel intimidated by good looking people. I was I went to a club a short while ago called Hospital, which is in Covent Garden. And every year they have the uh, London fashion and the place is full of models, girls, boys, men, women, everybody. You've never seen so many good looking people. That's, sorry. Hospital Club. It's in uh, Endell Street in Covent Garden. It's called Hospital. You never heard of Hospital Club? You need to get out more. I'm not taking you... Don't start that one again. You see, you tried that with Matt Stadler. Now he can't get rid of you. This is obviously your way of eating free for the week, isn't it? If I can get Steve to take me out once, Matt Stadler can do me probably twice. And then I, I'll get Mike McCarran. He can, he, can, he can take me out. This is what it is. This is the ploy. Hospital Club is very famous. It's owned by a very famous person. And it's, it used to be a hospital. But now it's a club. <laughs> Hence Hospital Club. And it's a, But you have to be a member to go... I go there for screenings. Things like that. Yeah, they've got their own screening room upstairs. But, uh, yeah, it's quite nice. But you get all the models there when they do... They, not for you. Not for you. And uh, and they're all... Everybody's good-looking. Everybody's good-looking. Seriously. I mean, except me. You stand in the lift and I look at these six-foot-three-inch people. Because all, all the men are... I think six-foot is about minimum or something. And you look at them and you go... Do I care? Do I really care? And the answer is... Yeah, I get out of the lift and sometimes I'm in tears. I have to tell people it's conjunctivitis, otherwise they don't believe me. Uh, I was wondering what uh, what she can come back with. Yes, Lorraine Kelly. Oh, you're great. You're super. You're marvellous. I'm coming back to my programme. And in fact, this is all this is about, really. But she's got a dog. Her daughter's left home, for reasons best known to herself. And so she's ended up with a dog. So um, he's called Angus. Rosie left and something was missing. And then we got Angus. I think that's where your husband's supposed to come in, but I mean, I, I don't know. I, th- I, I agree with you. I think I think dogs are great sort of levellers. Uh, also, um, busting diet myths is in all the papers today. Fake food as good as a real thing. Oh, this is after the the talk about um, ice cream that doesn't have any cream or milk or vanilla in it, and you think, well, what is it? And it's 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 fake stuff. It's fake stuff. I don't know why. Uh, at last, my face fits. This is transgender loose woman star India Willoughby. Never heard of her never heard of her. Who is she? From Loose Women. I thought I knew everybody on Loose Women. Obviously not. Um, about, about, about. Diet pills may sound great, but are they a magic bullet? No, there's no easy way to lose weight. There is no... I, I wish there was an easy way to lose weight, but I promise you there uh, there isn't. It's just... It's hard work, and uh, I've given up on it. Sunday Times this morning. May and Corbyn face double coup. Um, uh, unisex changing rooms put women in danger. Unisex changing rooms. I know we've got that in hospital wards, but we don't want unisex changing rooms, do we? And the Express PM, I'll stop the second vote, plus Baby Joy for Deck and Ali and Richard Hammond and family raided by Riviera Gang. All of that and more you can discover in the papers. I'm back this evening. Your opportunity to be introduced to the fabulous Eddie Mayer, who's going to be starting on LBC tomorrow between four and six. Tonight's In Conversation is devoted entirely to Eddie. I cry. Uh, We have a lovely conversation 
and uh, I think you're going to absolutely love the programme. So that's all happening this evening at nine o'clock. Make sure you download the LBC app, because as well as listening to LBC wherever you are, you can listen back to this and all of the other programmes from the last week for free on the catch-up feature. All you have to do is download the LBC app for iPhone or Android and tap on catch-up. Coming up at ten, it's Ian Dale. But right now, with breakfast, it's Andrew Castle. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Sunday from 5am.